Welcome to the new series of the Heidi Jones Coaching Podcast. This podcast is for everyone who is ready to do some of the inner work for a healthier and more positive lifestyle. I'll be delving into the topics that we need to talk about more, including our health, our mindset, and living with purpose and passion. I'll be speaking to guests that will leave you feeling inspired to find out what is possible in your life if you gave yourself the opportunity to find out. This isn't the place for chit-chat, gossip, or endless science. It's for real women with real problems that want more from life. Sound good to you? Let's move on with the show. In this episode, I'm chatting with Meryl Cooper, a friend and GB ultra trail runner. Meryl has recently finished in the top 10 in the CCC UTMB event. It's one of the most prestigious trail races in the world, covering 100 kilometers over 6,000 meters in elevation. She takes us through her journey on what it takes to get the strength physically and mentally to represent your country and to travel the world doing something you love. Only four years ago, Meryl worked full-time as a PE teacher. During this time, she ran her first marathon, her first trail ultramarathon as well. You know, what she's achieved in such a short space of time has come from dedication, discipline, sacrifice, and hard work. I know you're going to really enjoy this show. Thanks, Meryl, so much for coming on the show today. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I'm I'm Meryl. I'm from Scotland. I used to live in Dubai. That's how we met. And Heidi and Rob got me into ultra trail running. So thank you so much. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I used to be a full-time PE teacher. And I loved it. I did love my job. And I was able to, for quite a while, do my training alongside the teaching. However, I then, you know, just kind of thought, and discovered I have a bit of a, an ability in this sport and I wanted to you know whilst young enough to do it I wanted to give it everything and give it um a good shot to see where I can get and how good I could be so yeah I decided to um look for part-time work rather than full-time and that took me to Spain for a little while then COVID sadly kind of interrupted that but then I moved back to Scotland um and I'm loving being back home it does there's amazing trails here amazing trail running and mountains to go up so yeah um I now work part-time as a PE teacher um I've also set up my own coaching business health coaching and running coaching just to you know well keep pursuing my passions and my work but also it really gives me nice flexibility to to train um as I can you know I I like to train in the morning I like to get it done and it and that makes me feel really good and then I can then I can focus on work and and do both as well as I possibly can Uh, it's not easy sometimes when you've got like a really big goal of of this but like this but yeah um that's that's kind of me how do you get to that place of self-belief that you can jump kind of say right I want to do this and I want to take that jump and then also tell us about this 
race that you've just done called UTMB. You know, what's it all about? And uh, why is it such a prestige event to go to, you know, make the sacrifices to get to it? So first of all, what what was it that got you to take the jump? Um, so what was it that helped me to kind of take that jump? I think, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. There's got to be self-belief there. And, but it's not always... I don't think that's necessarily, I think everyone gets doubts, like even I've had. And, you know, I've even, even probably about four years ago, I remember picking up a little book from a secondhand bookshop. Like, I think it was Indestructible Self-Belief or something, you know, like I, I have to keep still checking in with that kind of book. It's a constant thing that you need to keep working at and keep building. But so I'm not, it's not just like, I don't think it's necessarily just there and it's easy. Um, and, you know, I even post about it on my own social media, but a lot of the time it's a reminder for me to, you know, I'll have just had that moment where I've needed to go and do a little bit more work on my, on my self-belief. And in that, you know, that's then helped me to be able to, have another drive and another push and keep going and keep on track. Meryl, I think that's awesome that you're so honest around that fact that you have to constantly work on your self-belief. And I think I'd love for you to share maybe one of the ways that you're able to do that. Like what is one of the practical tools that you do that helps kind of keep check of your, you know, keeps check on the self-doubt that you're able to kind of like keep, keep moving forward and not let it over overcome your thoughts um I suppose probably look back at you know some races and remind myself of how I felt before them and mm. that you know that I maybe had doubts or I maybe had an injury or something or, tra- or training didn't go perfectly before it um and then how, you know, I managed to do really well or I always just kind of look for the positives because there always are plenty positives. Um, and at the end, I always like write down everything that went well and everything that I could improve on mm. for the next time. And I think sometimes we forget all these things like we forget we maybe our, our brains obviously have the tendency to just focus on the things that don't go well so having it written down and having a huge list of all the things that actually really went well that's probably something that that helps and and also these are things that I have control of so I can always go back there my resources that are there and they're always within me and then you know every time in my race strategy before I'm preparing for a race, I'm always just going back to these things. Like, you know, it's, it's the same stuff every time that I do well and that I um, do in order to be at my best in the race. And, you know, that when you know you have that and you, you self-belief then becomes easy, isn't yeah. it? Doesn't it? Because, you know, it's, it's you, it's, what's there it's not you um focusing on things like with yourself or control um so yeah that would probably be a couple of strategies that I use I think that's amazing like just reflecting on 
what has gone well like you say it's so simple but we just mm-hmm. don't do it unless we consciously make yeah. ourselves do it it's it sounds to me like it's become a, a bit of a habit for you that is like a it's an essential part of your routine post race yeah. it's like what went well so I can then remember that on the days where I don't feel so good I can revisit yeah. and go right I know I can do this and so I just have to lean in on that and work on the things that I've still got to improve on because um, yeah. I'm sure like in running there's lots of things that you can just keep building on to get better and better so I think that's a mm-hmm. really good bit of advice and we can do that in any part of our life can't we Yes, absolutely. I could definitely do it more in some other parts of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we're not perfect. It's absolutely fine. But yeah, yeah, it is. It's like just taking that time out for yourself to reflect on what's gone well and and accepting that you did do something well. I think Mm. some people can find that really hard as well. And recognizing the work that you put into it and it's not just luck or fluke or oh you know or you know downplay it it's being able to actually accept that the hard work that you put in is paying off yes Um, Yes. absolutely so I'd love for you to share more about the most recent race that you did this adventure with UTMB so tell the listeners what UTMB is about and you know your experience of it Okay, so UTMB is the ultra trail of Mont Blanc and it happens at the end of August. There's a whole week of trail running races. Um, the base, like the, the, the main meeting point is Chamonix in France. And the race, which I have done now twice, I did this year, um, is called CCC. And it's a hundred kilometer race and there's 6,000 meters of elevation gain as well. Um, We start in Italy in Cormier and then we go to Switzerland to Champé-Lac and then we finish in Chamonix. It starts at well it started at nine in the morning on the Friday um, just over a week ago now Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah like I typically finish late in the evening so around <laughs> 11 o'clock um that's where I've kind of come in in the dark in the last the last two times that I've done it so yeah it's a it is a race where people come obviously it was cancelled in 2020 um this year there's still a few countries unable to travel but if we think back to 2019 the first year I was there and I was I was the um you were there Heidi as well I was there you? yeah Rob was yeah. Rob was racing CCC2. Um, you know, there were people there from literally every corner of the world. Yep. Um, and not just it, well, it is amazing because there's all levels there. Yeah. Um, it's not just the elites at all, but the elites are the elites of the elites, you know, the there really is a race that is normally on all of the top runners' um, race what, calendars. They want yeah. to be there. And what I found was when we were there it takes over the whole of Chamonix, doesn't it? Like anyone that's there during that whole week has something to do with trail running. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's basically the whole town is overrun with trail runners. And if you're like me, who isn't 
at a level that perhaps could do UTMB, but loves trail running, you can go around the trails and every runner that runs past you that looks like a professional, because they have a look, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, oh, is that one of the famous ones? Is that one of the ones that's going to win? It's quite exciting. The buzz is like, it takes over the whole of the trails, doesn't it? And all of the... the, uh, the town yeah. as well it's such a good event to and be there's to all the experience. brands like all the brands yes. and then their teams as well so their marketing teams and managers and um yeah because there's a, a huge expo around yeah. the race um and the the volunteers i wish i knew the numbers of volunteers but there are thousands yeah. of volunteers to make it possible and to to yeah to put on all of the races so yeah it's quite a it's quite an event um I went in 2019 and had to go again in 2020 you know I was like I, I want to be here again and I've then it was cancelled um it was it was hard to get out there this year I'm not going to lie like it was even but I think also by then you've kind of forgotten what it felt yeah. like to be mm-hmm. there it was so mm-hmm. long um and I'd also just done a big race at the at the start of July. So I was still recovering and pretty fatigued from it. Mm. And the thought of going and doing this huge race was quite hard. Huge. It was yeah, it's yeah, a huge it race. Was, the mountains are huge. Yeah. And and with my prep being for the other race, I yes. didn't have much time between recovery after, you know, another tough hundred kilometers is in mm. the Lake District. Mm-hmm to then do specific training and prepare for this one um so it was quite it was my most mentally tough race in the lead up to it I would say um but again after doing the race it's like I've, I want to be back there next year <laughs> um and I think that's what you get every time it's just such an amazing <laughs> week and an amazing event I mean it just pulls you back every yeah time. for you it's it's how you want to live your life, though. It's a lifestyle to you. This isn't mm-hmm. something that you just pick up now and then. This is something that you've dedicated your whole lifestyle to be able to do. You know, you're, yeah. you've you left Dubai, you've lived in different countries, you've traveled around, you've got a van now so you can just sleep wherever you need to sleep to get yeah. on those trails. You know, like your whole life has changed in the sense of lifestyle because everything is focused towards being able to get up and go and do these um, these adventure races, you know, mm-hmm. these are just not, I'll get up in the morning and I'll go and see how it goes. <laughs> this is like, no, this is something that takes so much out of you. Like you say, the fatigue afterwards is immense. Yeah. 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 So tell us about UTMB. So for the person who perhaps has done some running or maybe they've done a little bit of trail running, or they literally have no idea why people <laughs> go out and run hundred kilometers in a day because that's what Meryl did so many people don't realize when you say I go and run a hundred kilometers you don't stop <laughs> you don't have yeah. a sleep it's you run a hundred kilometers in the whole one go so tell us about the actual race itself from kind of like go you know to some of those high points to maybe some mm-hmm. of the lows that you experienced if any and and then finishing the race <laughs> Um Meryl's laughing here when I said maybe some of those lows. <laughs> Therefore, it was such a challenging one. But yeah, the so the race, um I, I think yeah, this race was really challenging for me. I've been I have definitely had a few challenging races mm. before. I have, and they were well timed in 2019. I learned so much from them. Um 
And this was a bit of a surprise one because I think I was not expecting so many challenges because I've had so many smooth races. <laughs> I don't think my crew were either expecting mm. so many challenges because I've been such an easy person to crew for the last few races. But that's what that's what happens when you're when you're racing sometimes. And like I said, when you're maybe not as prepared as normal mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of it being quite a last minute thing with COVID, travel, amber, red countries, amber plus, whatever we were. Anyway, um the race, yeah, it starts in Italy and um I get to start in the elite pen, which is really cool. Um somehow managed to find myself on the front line of it this year because again, I write down my notes last year I remember not being at the front line and then loads of elite runners, other elite runners would come in and fill up the first three lines. So I was like, ah, people will come in <laughs> and take up the front three lines. But I must have been late joining. Um, so no, I was at the front line, and <laughs> which was quite a new experience, but quite exciting too. Yeah. But the race starts and it is fast. Like, you know, we're about to do 100 kilometres, but you would not believe the pace that the race starts. Um is a little bit downhill to begin with, but then pretty quickly it is, you know, it's climbing up. But again, you you know, it's you kind of feel like you should be walking, but mm-hmm. you also like, no, I need to be running because we just started. <laughs> um, no, so. I'd be walking, I'd be like at the back pen. <laughs> there was a few this time. It was quite fun. There were there were a few um, like of the elite runners joking be like can we get the pulls out yet can we you know like (laughs) can we start hiking yet so but yeah it basically um I'm actually like just looking over to the side at my profile I've got a lovely picture of the of the race um and it then climbs up um we start I think about 1200 meters and then we go up to about 2700 um so that's you know, straight from the beginning, you just do this massive climb. And you're you're then into an amazing part of the world, though. It is just stunning, the views that you've got up there. Um, and yeah, it then takes you across. We stay up quite high for quite a while, for probably the first kind of 30 kilometres or so. But that's, um, you know, with all that climbing, it's not you know, a three hour 30k, it's, it takes a long time. Um with with because you're going at a lot slower pace with the with the hiking. Um and then yeah, then it took a, a big long we got a, we had another big climb up called Ferret and then a long descent down to um a place called La Foulie, which is another one of the checkpoints. And along the way there's these checkpoints where you're you know, for the first 55 kilometers of my race, you are refilling, you're self-supporting. You've got to, um, you know, fill yourself up with water and food or anything you want or carry all your own stuff. And to be honest, I like to know what I'm eating. I don't take stuff from the aid station normally. Um, so I'm carrying all my gels and bars and things like that that I'm having. So, um, but yeah, the in terms of the first kind of 55 kilometer before I saw my crew for the first time um 
I find the altitude really, really tough. Mm. I the the year in 2019, I'd stayed um up in Font Rameau. I'd actually done an altitude camp before mm-hmm. it. So I, I remember don't... that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were away for like a week, weren't you, on an amazing camp? Yeah. I uh, I actually was there for about six weeks. Oh, was it six weeks? Yeah. So wow. I because I because of I would have started a the sabbatical and the time off, yes. then I'd gone out. Um I think I think there was about well basically from yeah, from mid mid-July until mm-hmm. the race, um I was I was staying in Font Rameau. So I was able to acclimatize properly to altitude. Um and and I came over and did a recce of the route as well. Yeah. But again, I was staying at these huts up high most of the time. So I think that's um, what I remember you doing, the huts, staying in the huts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, this time, though, I was just staying at kind of 1,200 metres mm. um, or even for some of the time when I moved. I was in um, Le Contamine and then I moved to Chamonix near the race. And I was even lower, you know, yeah. thousand meters. So mm. I felt the altitude really bad. <laughs> um, so that was unexpected. That was that was unexpected, but I was pretty switched on with it. I, in my training, I'd I'd been feeling it as well. You know, mm. I was feeling it quite hard on the climbs as it was getting higher and higher. Noticing like my heart rate just get really low, but I couldn't do anything with my body mm-hmm. um and you know so it was technically I was going easy but it felt so hard yeah. so I had experienced it in training and I just kind of thought right you're coming you're going to be getting down lower so stick in and just see how you are um you know in the later stages because I felt like I was going to come good again mm-hmm. um but I definitely lost a lot of time there that I, you know, I was way behind my expected times. Yeah. And I made a bit of a mistake of having only my fuel for like my, like ideal times, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was, which was a real Reiki error. Like that, right. that, that was a mistake, which I should not be making at this stage, but <laughs> I did. And again, it's like, yeah. And sometimes you just need this to happen to to remind yourself that yeah because I think I'd had three races that had just gone so to plan um that my mindset wasn't there that it could really not go to plan Mm. um so this has been it's been really good um but yeah and I also had I was carrying my own fuel like a saying and I had a bottle that had my energy drink in it like an empty bottle and the cap screwed off and it was just it's like sherbet almost powder it's just pouring out into my bag so I lost a lot of nutrition as well so I started eating bananas from the aid station which wasn't in the nutrition plan just because I was like well I've tried bananas before but they really upset my stomach and then I had um, some stomach issues to deal with for that first kind of 55k and stopped quite a few times um I also for the first time ever on the same descent that Rob 
got blisters yes. <laughs> in 2019. Yeah, but he said his heel was going to fall off. That's when he yes. was like, I feel like my heel's going to fall off. Yeah, I started to feel like my heel was going <gasps> to fall off. No. Um, and absolutely crazy that it was at the exact same point and I've never had that problem before. So it was these things that I, whew, I just um, hadn't had to do with uh, but I did like just made the decision to stop, take my shoe off, like have a look, try and deal with it early. Um, but I think it was even too late at that point. Um, so I ended up having to run like the final 70K with my heel feeling like it was going to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, but both feet ended up getting incredibly blistered. So uh-huh. I don't know what was going on. It was really dry and dusty trails and maybe it's just such fine dust coming in and um, into the into the shoe. So yeah, not great. But there are a lot of things, a lot of things going on. Um, but sure enough, when I started to get down low, I started to feel great and... Um, I probably hadn't been able to push very hard at the altitude because I just felt like I couldn't. So yeah. I almost was like fresh rested. And then, and I just started to climb through the field like really, really quickly and move into wow. sixth place um, from about, I think I was like 22nd wow. at some point. I love how you have just talked about all those adversities and the hard mm-hmm. like climb and the altitude and then you're like yeah so after 55k I start to feel fresh <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna blow so many people's minds you go well just with these races like you know we are there are some 100k races I've done that you are running the whole time but with this you switch up between hiking, uphill, running, flat-ish. Nothing actually really is flat in this yeah. race, but maybe undulating terrain, um, downhills. So you really get a lot of variety. It's not just like running on a flat road for 100k. I personally couldn't do that. And I would find that very boring challenging my body wouldn't know what's happening to it because it's not used to that either um so yeah it the the by that point and like I say sometimes when you if you can get through those really tough times in these races um if you've not been feeling great you've you've not been able to push you've not been able to um yeah like chip away at your energy reserve you've been holding back so it's then you, you often do then have this ability to to go and do a lot better as soon as you start feeling well I've seen it with a lot of people I remember one of the British runners Holly Page in 2019 had had stomach issues for the whole race until the last checkpoint at Valor scene which is typically around two hours 45 three hours to the end and and how fast she ran that last section because she hadn't been able to push and because she then felt good. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe that someone could do that. Yeah. So I've seen it. I've seen it happen with other people. I've seen other people do it. Um, and with that knowledge and experience, it allowed me to know to keep going. <laughs> um, 
as it could come good and it did come good so that's incredible yeah. yeah that just shows you doesn't it like the experience seeing other people kind of being the beginner and then being able to like aspire to like okay if that ever happens to me I'm going to take note of that and just go for it and again you you got to that point where you're like I feel all right now did you talk to yourself do you say like right come on we're gonna just yeah 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 and I, and I took a bit of a I did take a bit of a risk as well I never went like you know, red line, but I also, I knew I had to, I knew I had to take a bit of a risk because I had lost a lot of time on the sections that were my strengths that I needed to do well in really, because, you know, I don't live in the Alps. So hiking up these huge hills are not my strength, but I can descend them well. Yeah. And I had to stop on the descent and I, you know, to try and fix the shoe and the blisters. So I'd lost maybe eight minutes on an area which (laughs) I really needed that time. I needed to be making time on other people. So um, I just, I just thought like, you know, let's just, yeah, let's go. And I, I was willing to take that risk. Like if I absolutely blew up at the end and couldn't finish the race, I would have been happy because I, it was a bit of a like, no regrets kind of that's not you know let's just go and see what we can do um now and yeah so again and again from experience I kind of knew that you know everyone slows down at the end generally apart from Holly (laughs) two years ago (laughs) Um, but you know typically people are slowing down and people typically don't come past you because everyone's slowing down and unless you have got like an injury and you're hobbling in that last section then maybe you know people might pass you so Mm. um and the last section played to my strengths once got up the last climb you know Mm. it's a technical technical running section and downhill so I kind of had that confidence that I'll be able to hang on and um yeah However, that didn't quite go to plan, which we can talk about in a bit. (laughs) Okay. So obviously coming, you know that you're moving for, because obviously you see you take over people, don't you? As you're running, there's one person, I'm going to pick off that person. I'm going to go for it, get to the next one, get to the next one. So as you were doing that, you know, that obviously was building up this confidence that you can keep going. Yeah. And did you experience the runner's high? Did that ever happen during this race? Um, I think I think it probably did and I think it probably did around the section where I was passing people just over and over again um, and that I, but maybe it was a bit more of like huh, I feel good you obviously don't it's like that point where you're like um, but knowing fine well it's going to swing right back around to me at some point and I've had it for the first kind of you know seven hours or something but um but yeah no I probably did around the section where you know I think the the most satisfying bit for me often is just when like you've you've trusted the process of what happens in ultras which is people go out too fast (laughs) and um I kind of know when I go into a race where I am in the field, I kind of roughly know. So as long as I'm around there, then it's okay. But I was way behind that. I was 
probably ranked about 10th going into this race and I was sitting in the 20s mm. and I like had to just trust to stick to my own race and that I was going to see these people again yeah even though I'd had quite a bad time it, it was it was almost less likely I was going to see so many of them but um I still just like trusted that process and stuck to my race plan and then when that pays off and when you then are like yeah there we go we're two-thirds in and now I'm catching up with the people who went out too fast at the beginning yeah or aren't so good at fueling as I am or whatever it is um and I started to like see myself fall more into where I should be yeah. in the race um and that gives you a big boost you know it really does give you a huge boost and yeah so I don't know would that be the runner's high as in in the like the physiological way I don't know but mentally definitely yeah <laughs> I think I it took me ages to ever experience a runner's high like a really long time uh, and what you just described there is when you just run your own race and you trust your training and your mm-hmm. progress and then yeah. and then when you do see oh yeah I knew they went out too fast <laughs> you start taking over those people because I always play that to my strengths steady yeah. Yeah. I never sprint out fast. Uh, one, because I don't seem to have like a sprint gene in me, but <laughs> two, it's like my way of like, no, no, I can keep going. Um, and that you do have that sense of like, I suppose self-pride a little bit. You're like, yeah, I trust myself and I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You, sometimes you lose that when it's all going wrong. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes back and you're still going, I definitely always kind of have more of a spring in my step and you, you're just more like, yeah, I can do this. And yeah. I don't know whether I run faster, but it feels like I am. It just feels lighter and yeah, easier, doesn't it? And it's more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, that's awesome. So tell us about, you know, obviously you were moving towards sixth place. Yeah. Was it that you held on to that position or did you get to like a sprint and get to that position? How did this go from 20th in like the 20th type of position yeah. to get yourself ahead of kind of where you actually expected to be? Um, yeah. So I think it was like the second last descent. I went into sixth. Like I was in seventh before. Um and yeah, then I held on to that six for quite a long time, but then I felt really good until starting to climb the last hill. And then I I honestly would say I've never felt so tired, never felt so, um, whether it was, again, the altitude getting to me a bit because we were going up quite high again. Or was it fueling? Because I did miss a few um, gels and food snacks and whatever earlier in the race because I was so behind my schedule. Um, But I just kept eating. I also... It was was probably the biggest mental struggle I think I've had. Like, I could have sat down on a rock. Mm. And that's not like me. Yeah. No, that's not like <laughs> um, <you. laughs> I could have sat down and just 
taking a five minute break. Um, wow. Yeah, that is not like yeah. you at all. But you did it. It was in I your mind. I just yeah. kept eating, but I was, I kept just trying to eat some real food. I thought maybe I just need like real food, not the gels. And um, luckily had some in the pack. Um, and then, yeah, my head torch started to flash, which meant the battery was low. So then I was, I honestly was just like, could surely nothing else could go wrong at the moment. And in this race, and it was one of those, it was like, oh my goodness. So I had to put my head torch really low down, I, which is quite risky in that section because it's hugely technical. Um, again, it just meant I couldn't quite go at the pace for two reasons lack of light and lack of energy mm. um so I kind of to be honest I just thought if I'm you know if I don't get past here then I have it's a miracle and then sure enough I got caught I had to change my battery pack at Flager aid station that you you typically there's this just 7k downhill to go you don't really want to stop there. You just want to go through, you know, you're so close. Um, but I'd stop and change my battery pack and I just couldn't get it in. I like, it was, you know, I was so panicked and like flustered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, so that was very interesting. Again, I don't think that's happened to me before. Yeah. <laughs> Something you've practiced so many times, but mentally, mentally, I just was I don't know whether this was something to do with like the pain in my feet as well. Like I think when you've endured pain for that long, it's exhausting. I think yeah. I was absolutely exhausted. Um, and yeah, just I finally got it sorted on the descent. I then decided I needed a wee. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped for a wee and as I literally just started running again, a girl came past me. Oh, <laughs> so that was me in seventh position, and I was devastated. I was like really devastated. Yeah. But um, I decided to to just you know it would just switch in my head. Was like you've got to go and try and get your position back. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it wasn't just, just I've just got to get to the finish line. It was no, I've got to get my position back. Yeah. So again, and and it was it was a risk to take because this runner. This runner was feeling good. If if this if a runner comes past you in that section, they are feeling good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I I basically then had a race from <laughs> just after Flanger, if you can imagine, um, on that descent. So it was, you know, it was so good. I'm so grateful that she came past me because it just shows you how much more you have in you than you it's think. Oh, it's incredible. And I had to keep with her. Um, so I, well, I, I did. I, I did, um, I kind of thought, like, and I've had this before where I've made a decision in a race and I've regretted it the next day. And I've made it because I'm tired or whatever. So I kind of just thought, will I regret it tomorrow if I just let her go and unsettle for seventh? And I was like, absolutely. I yeah. will be so annoyed at myself. So so yeah just decided I'll coach yourself through that last 7k and yeah like raced with her till the end which was great just kept made it pass quicker a lot quicker than it probably would have if yeah. we weren't um 
again, it helped. I knew I had nothing in the calendar, a race calendar after this race. So I knew I could endure and suffer a lot. Um, and yeah, we went over the bridge together. There's like a bridge they put over the road, which is horrible as you've got to go up two flights of stairs and um, went over the bridge literally side by side together, which then I think there's about a K and a half to go into Chamonix. And I was running, we ran that like sub five minute kilometers, which is bonkers. Yeah, you know, it like, really is. <laughs> absolutely bonkers for a kilometer 99 and 100 of a race. Um, and yeah, just went in the lead from her, just I think about 200 meters to go. Oh, wow. Although it would have been um, such an exciting finish to watch if I was yeah. there. I've got goosebumps, like imagining you just yeah. coming down that street to that finish line. Wow. Yeah. It was it was pretty crazy. I was honestly, I don't think I've ever been pushed myself so hard. Yeah. So it's good. Like that's it's so good to have had that situation to really test myself. Um and yeah, the only disappointment is like it's so nice to enjoy running through the arch and to just enjoy that moment of having a crowd because at ultra races, you don't really ever have a crowd and an audience (laughs) and an atmosphere because they're normally very small, low key, quiet. So I had to just run through that as quick as I could and not really (laughs) let get to lap it up. Yeah, true. Oh, just so glad it was over. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for sharing that story. Tell me what, I mean, I'm sure you've reflected by now, but what's one of the like things you think went well? What's gone on your list of what went well? Just like maybe one. And what's one of your reflections on what you would do maybe differently or better? Um, So what went well, one of the things would... I think again, just running your own race. Yeah. Mm. And it comes up every time, but I did just run my own race. I just focused on myself um, and how I felt and what felt sustainable for me. Yeah. Kept checking in with that. Does this feel like I can sustain it to the end? And so on. Um, and then to work on um, for this race specifically. Yeah altitude you know I feel I feel I need to do what I did in 2019 and be properly at altitude and acclimatized to it before um so as to not have such a tough first half yeah um, and potentially that last climb not sure but yeah do you think you'll be going back then Uh, yes definitely (laughs) it's not over it's not over yet I feel like, and and again, I get a last a lot of times if I would go up to UTMB distance, and and it's a tricky one because I, I think I would be quite good at the longer longer stuff again because I think it's so important about pacing and fueling and running your own race when it comes to that. The longer it's all about management, like managing yourself in the best way possible. That's the people that win the race it's not necessarily the fastest runners yeah um and however I feel like I I want to 
race CCC at my best. Yep. Or that might never happen, but at least closer to my best than than this time round and see what I can really do. I would absolutely love to be on the podium. I'd love to not have someone chasing me to the end and be able to enjoy the finish line and and have a big uh, celebration there. It would be, it would be incredible. Oh, I, I don't doubt that's going to happen for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't doubt it. It'll happen. And I can't wait to be there as well at the end. (laughs) I'll get the bells and I'll cheer. I'm helping. Oh, that's so, oh, it's just so inspiring. And I mean, it makes me just want to go out and do more running. It really does. Yeah. Especially like you just spoke through, because I can vision being there because yeah. I've been there a few times. I'm just like, oh, I just, when the world opens up again, I can't wait to go back and mm. you know and be there. It would be brilliant. Well, Meryl, thank you so much for being here today and sharing that story. Now, Meryl has more than just races going on. She's also working towards her gb career is that what we're going to call it yeah Yeah. and you can follow this incredible story yeah so tell us how people can find you learn more about you follow your races and and all your uh inspiration um yeah so i am on instagram meryl underscore runs ultras um so you can find me there i've also got my coaching page Meryl Cooper coaching um and website as well so yeah through there I will be updating blogs and posts about yeah about by my running and hopefully the the, the build-up to the now postponed world championships in Thailand which have been rescheduled or they're hoping to reschedule for February next yep. year um so yeah that will be definitely being shared shared up there and any other adventures along the way it's going to be incredible incredible um thank you so much for coming on the show and i look forward to speaking to you soon thanks id it's been a pleasure want to discuss more options lifestyle tweaks or changes that you could make to create more balance pop over to instagram and send me a dm i'm happy to help If you know someone who would love this episode, please share this podcast with them. Also remember to leave your review. This is one way to help others find my podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to speaking with you next week.